people are sometimes inclined to just deal with whatever client happens to be under their nose at, at any particular yeah. time and they might not be the best person to speak to initially but if you start to look down on your client base perhaps put them in pots a's b's c's and d's and and, and that sort of thing then you can you can start to make much much more kind of strategic decisions about what you're doing with whom and who you want to do more with and maybe who you don't want to do anything with you're listening to the bookkeepers podcast sponsored by zero i use zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients accounts and i love it if you haven't tried it yet head over to zero.com with an x and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. Today, I am joined by Ian Phillips, who is the UK head of partner sales for Zero. And as you know, our podcast is sponsored by Zero. And what we really wanted to do is showcase the people behind the software and get to know them better. So Ian, hi and welcome. Well, thank you for inviting me, Joe. It's lovely to be here. It's so nice to see you. Ian, do you want to give everyone a little bit of an idea about who you are, what you do at Zero, and and, and your journey with Zero? Yeah, sure. So we'll, we'll start with uh, where I am now. So I'm uh, head of partner sales. So uh, I guess the the partner channel is incredibly important to Zero uh, for I think a few reasons. One is because accountants and bookkeepers are genuine trusted advisors. So uh, that means that when they ask their clients if zero might be a good idea, then they they tend to prick up their ears and and pay attention. But the other is, I I feel like we have like a genuine partnership. The idea should be that when we're working with bookkeepers, for example, it's not just their clients that benefit, it's them as well from the kind of enhanced service offering that they can start to create. Um, And uh, that's why we kind of invest a load in uh, wraparound support in our partner channel. It's incredibly important to us. And and, uh, part of that support is account management. And uh, I've got seven teams of account managers based throughout the UK who are looking after our lovely uh, bookkeepers and accountants uh, all over the UK. Um, So a question about that, as somebody that's had account managers over the years, um, what is the best way that a bookkeeper or an accountant as a practice owner can get the most? How how do people utilise their account managers to get the best value from them? Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, the first thing to say is when we're not perfect, and we definitely suffered in the past from staff turnover and, 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 and that sort of thing. So I just want to get that out there and acknowledge that that is the case. But I also think that great account management is a two way street. So uh, that probably means that for if you're if you're a bookkeeper talking to your account manager, to be willing to share what you're trying to achieve so so that we can then align the support that we provide to that um i think like i'm i'm a i'm a salesperson but i think that sales is often misinterpreted i don't think sales should ever be about saying to somebody hey you should buy something that you don't want or need Mm -hmm. it should be about helping people to perhaps recognize that 
they have a need or a pain point that they didn't realize and that there's an answer out there um and then supporting them along that journey of buying and enabling and embedding uh, in this case software yeah and i think i think it's so right it is a two-way street i think we hear a lot of the time i think that's one of the biggest things that we try and teach is that you know it's about taking responsibility stop blaming other people you know um i know with my first um account manager for joe wood virtual fd um, I was I I had my uh, partner like set up, but I hadn't really started my business. And he reached out to me like clockwork once a quarter for about eighteen months before I ever um, reached back out to him. And then he became such an amazing um, resource in my business. Um, but when I realised that it was down to me as well to pick up the phone, it was down to me to book in a call and actually schedule some time. And this is this kind of this is why we need to get away from always being in the business doing the work is because this is really important because your account manager will know what you've got in you know your arsenal of software what you've got and what you're not utilizing and open your eyes i i, I know that you know i've always said i'm 100% you know 100% zero practice but i was using about 20% of the functionality a lot of the time because you know things change and we it's hard to keep up to date with everything so having that relationship with your account manager and letting them be part of your journey and really sharing open and honestly, this is my goal and not thinking, well, they're only going to sell me this, that, and the other, because that is not the, they, they want to help you get there. So yeah, in the future, your account with them will be bigger because, but let them in, let them see what you're doing. I, I think that's so, so important. So Ian, you started off as an account manager and when was, when, how long have you been with zero? So I, I Eight years in September, so I think that makes I think that makes me a bit of a veteran. Certainly in the UK, Joe, there aren't many of us that have been around for that long. Um, and it's it's interesting the point that you were making there. I think when I was an account manager, one of the things that I quickly realised is that you occupy this quite privileged position because bookkeepers, accountants don't have the time to constantly network with other peers um whether that's locally or, or nationally uh and uh and and that's all that account managers do right that's that's all that they do and yeah. i think that my job now is partially to empower account managers with the confidence that they've got a load of value to add from those conversations that they might have in the morning which may actually be kind of useful to the person that they're speaking to in the afternoon um, but anyway that was that, yeah. that was a bit of a tangent so so I, I started eight years ago and I, I'm trying to remember how many how many people were in the UK now then I think it was about 90 and we're up to the sort of five or six hundred mark now wow. um so my final interview was with Gary Turner so uh, I think I think that that stopped sometime after that and <laughs> I I was I I just felt so incredibly fortunate when I joined Zero because I my background was in new business development, so I'd worked for a um, a legal software company. I had worked for BPP, yeah, um, uh, and I guess that what struck me immediately is people wanted to talk to me, and 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 that's you know that's again quite a privilege for for an account manager or a salesperson i i yeah. think to myself oh gosh like i'd have to call 
100 people to get one meeting in some of these previous roles and yet as soon as as soon as I was announced as the account manager for the region I suddenly had like 10 emails saying please come and meet us and I thought wow this is like, like <laughs> what have zero managed to create here and I guess that that combination of um a great product in the right time in a marketplace that kind of understood broadly what we were trying to achieve and then um that community uh which mm-hmm. you know you've been a big part of as well joe um yeah it's really it was really exciting but 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 it was also a little bit like the wild west at times because we were growing at such an extraordinary rate that you you don't always have the kind of systems and processes to mm-hmm. back up the, the mm-hmm. work that you're doing so so i i think I, I was also quite fortunate in that that's probably how my mind works. I like uh, I like process and I like consistency, and I, I had to create that for myself. And then, uh, as we started to scale the sales team, it was kind of natural that I moved into a management position and then a head of position for field sales. And then I took on you know all of the inside account managers about eighteen months ago. Wow, that's a journey. And it's so interesting you say that because I've had a few conversations with bookkeepers this week where they're growing rapidly, like rapid. I don't know. Something's something's in the water at the moment. There's some rapid growth going on. And and actually, it's rapid growth can be just as difficult, just as hard as really slow growth. Like they both bring their own issues and, um, you know, you know. And money can run out just as quickly with rapid growth as it can with slow growth. So it's really interesting that, you know, our software providers, are, you know, we're all businesses. It doesn't matter what what offering is going on. We all have the same issues. And account managers, you say in that about the fact that, you know, they are talking to our peers. They're talking to the people using exactly the same software as us. And they may have some insights or even if they share that someone else that they spoke to today is going through exactly the same thing as you are. It just feels like oh, it's just nice to feel that there are other people in the same boat or maybe there are some insights um, there. It's not just about don't think that I, I, I honestly never thought speaking to my account manager was about and I never have had that feeling was about um, getting more licenses because I knew that I didn't need them. I, I was fine. But they of course, they want to help me grow. Like biz- they're business development managers in your team. Utilize them as pa- I've always said this. If you're a one man band, you're not a one man band. You've got loads of people around you, just not utilizing them. And your account managers are definitely can make them part of your team. Have a quarterly meeting. Have a have a monthly catch up. Whatever it is that you need to do, get them. I used to get my uh, zero account managers to basically hold me accountable to my growth. I said, right, this is what I'm doing. Right, and he said, like, okay, I'm going to check in. He used to send me like your business book or whatever it just felt like it definitely felt like he was part of the team so I really think there are better ways and it shows that the the fact that you've been in this business for so long and the development and the growth you've had shows that you you've seen the values the culture and everything in the business it definitely as you know as a I don't have I don't have a practice anymore but I know as a practice owner um it it was so helpful to have someone that had similar culture values as as me in a team that I didn't hadn't grown yet which was which was great let's talk about some of the things that zero does um lots of us in our community in the six-figure bookkeepers club I reckon we're 80 85 percent 
like zero. There's a lot of zero and or there's a lot of people using zero and something else, you know, or, you know, they will definitely have come across a business that's using zero. Like it just it's just the thing. But, you know, I like to go over some of the basics about the efficiencies in zero that have been that could be used because you don't know what you don't know. And there might be someone here that's studying, learning about becoming a bookkeeper or training to be an accountant and don't really they're learning things about t accounts they're learning about debits and credits but what does it look like in the real world what how are people utilizing software what are the efficiencies maybe you've been using it for years but like me you were only using a small amount let's talk about some of the things that zero can do to help your practice be more efficient so should we get started with a big one bank feeds what yeah. is different why is zero so good with bank feeds uh so i think that so it, it was interesting back eight years ago, you know, we, that was still a time where certain banks wouldn't really give us the time of day. But uh, I think we have been through uh, quite the journey with both um, uh, API driven bank feeds from challenger banks, uh, but then also open banking, which just means like the availability and efficiency is um, is fantastic. And uh, I, I was like, I'm pleased to hear what you said about the growth that you're hearing from um, from bookkeepers. Um, we released our UK industry performance report uh, a few weeks ago, um, and that kind of story is reflected in the figures. Um, I keep on hearing people saying there's no shortage of work, which is like a, a, a great problem to have. But I, I guess what you need is um, both the staff and processes to be able to capitalize on that you know, in, increase in demand for, for bookkeeping services. And for me, like most of the, well, well, first of all, I want to just give a massive plug for just the concept of regular bookkeeping, uh, because like ultimately the output of zero um, and using it effectively is data, right? It's live data, yeah. which um, enables you to make decisions uh, looking through the windscreen rather than the rearview mirror. But you, you just don't get that if you don't bookkeep regularly. Um, and I think that um, in that performance report, there there is some really good news around the fact that we're, we're above 50% in terms of um, uh, cloud penetration in uh, um, accounting and bookkeep, bookkeeper clients in the UK now, probably still behind some markets, but ahead of, of others, if you take a global perspective. Um, but I think when it comes to that kind of uh, efficiency aspect, a load of the a load of the inefficiency for me is at the front end of the bookkeeping process. It's like how how do you how do you capture data from from clients and then mm -hmm. uh, and then process it efficiently? Um, and uh, I guess one of the things that was quite surprising to us, and this I, I should say this is like survey data rather than product data. So so this this probably applies to you know different cloud platforms, not just zero, but but only 37% of clients have a bank feed connected. Um, and yeah. when, when you think that that is like pretty fundamental mm -hmm. uh, functionality and just so, so beneficial. And, you know, I know that bank feeds go wrong sometimes and uh, and, and that sort of thing, but but we have like pretty reliable and, and pretty broad coverage. It feels like we, as in, as in zero, um, have 
have got a job to do to kind of yeah. uh, educate people and and like the, and they're free as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you remember the time, Joe, when you had to pay for them. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it, it feels like there's like a a, a no brainer kind of optimization piece there that, that that people could could easily get stuck into. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so interesting. And uh, and this is the thing, isn't it? When you're in the echo chamber, you know, of being surrounded by like the best bookkeepers and accountants in the industry, we just assume, of course you've got a bank feed. Why are we talking about bank feeds? It's 2023. Like geez. But in reality, this is why we've got so much work to do. There is so much work out there because there are so many clients, uh, business owners that are not clients that are out there still using out of date software, if software at all, still using spreadsheets, still utilizing Word to raise an invoice. You know, these kind of things still happening. You know, we, I think sometimes because our client bases are, you know, doing what we, we assume that everyone's doing it and 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 there's so much um education um that needs to still be be done and i do remember i mean goodness the the first bank feeds and you know asking a client is it okay you know it's gonna i mean the amount of time it would have saved us from entering in every single line on the bank statement i mean god i don't even remember really even utilizing csvs at the beginning or anything like that it just you just got in the habit of just copying like and no wonder you know bookkeepers like we have changed like we used to be data entry we 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 don't do much of that anymore <laughs> so much yeah, more to I, be done yeah and i think that, i think there's also like a staff and talent angle here right because for those people that are employing and i think we're very conscious at zero that there's a bit of a crisis in uh, uh in bookkeeping and accountancy at the moment like who like who who on earth wants to do this kind of data entry particularly particularly younger people entering the profession that just have expectations about what technology can can do mm -hmm. for them so so i think as, as well as the efficiency piece and the client service piece it's like well if if you if you want to get people like you you've got to you've got to make sure that you're not kind of filling their time with mundane tasks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely because you know, I, I, I just um, thinking about my daughter, she's just started a media course at college and they asked her to go away and uh, film some content for a vlog. Um, but she's 17. She's got a phone. So she filled the con filmed the content. She edited content, added music, did everything all off of an app, got back to college and said, oh, I've done it. And they were, oh, no, you were meant to edit it all on our desktop computers with our software. And she's like, but I just downloaded something from the app store and for free and just did it. And that's what we're dealing with. That's the new workforce. They're like looking for shortcuts. They know they know that there's a quicker way and a faster way to do things. They're not going to hang around and wait for the old school methods of doing things. Yeah, and I also think they like, and and this is true of everyone. I think they want they want purpose in their work, and you know, it's not it's not exactly fulfilling to sit there typing up bank statements into into no. a spreadsheet no absolutely and and like you say Ian, yes we can focus on the fact sometimes a bank feed might mess up i mean it's i i it's less and less and less and less and obviously and i know that um our friends in ireland still like that 
I we still hear about what it's like not to have a bank feed. Like that's difficult. So we are so lucky. So let's make sure we're utilizing. Let's keep talking. Let's keep having those conversations on our social media and things. I mean, like it's not, it's not like 30, did you say 35% of even people that are using zero aren't linked up? That's not all the people that aren't using zero. So there is still so much work to do. So making sure that you're utilizing your bank feeds um, as much as possible and keep on talking about it. Absolutely. Um, data capture, like zero has HubDoc for data capture. Um, and I know in the past, you know, like Dext is seen as the, you know, the pinnacle, the the North Star as such. How has Zero been, because obviously HubDoc is free. So there's the benefit there. But what, are the, you know, we have to weigh up as business owners, the efficiencies of the data capture to actually having, you know, and paying for software and having a free software, which maybe might take us more time. What has there been developments with HubDoc since, you know, in the in the recent months, years? Yeah, so we, we, we do have a, a team that's based in Canada um, uh, working on, I guess, some uh, shorter term stuff and some longer term stuff. And a lot of it is around like accuracy of extraction. Um, I think the way that you described um, HubDoc versus Dex there is, is pretty spot on, to be honest, Joe. I like, I just, for, with my zero hat on, I. Like, I don't I don't care what uh, data capture software people are, are using like Dex is a fantastic product. Um, it, it's definitely got much richer functionality than HubDoc. Um, similarly, you know, it's similar to like in, invoice reminders, like invoice reminders e exist within zero. But if you have got like a big problem with credit control, like Chaser is, uh, is, is an amazing product. Um, but I'm I'm going to throw another stat at you now. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you to guess, but I, that would be unfair. But 31% of clients are using data capture software. And, 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 and again, you know, given you do have three options uh, within, within core kind of general ledger bookkeeping products, um, and given it is such a powerful time saver, uh, that, that feels... That feels pretty low so i think there's like another optimization opportunity there whether it, whether it's you know investing in indexed or using some of the kind of free but less feature rich uh functionality that exists within zero absolutely and again i mean ian you're just giving us bookkeepers all of this social media content that we can be talking about we need to keep going back to the basics back to the things that we assume all of those businesses, small business owners, we, we assume that they're taking photos of receipts on their phone. And we assume that, like, why wouldn't they? But they don't understand it. They don't understand why they need to be keeping receipts and things anyway. So it feels like we're banging our heads against the brick wall, doesn't it, saying these things. But there are people out there that need to know it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some good news in there for early adopters, right? So and, and I've always found that when I talk to early adopters, they don't realize how far ahead they are because they're they're looking through the windscreen, not the rear view mirror. And they're like, you know, what next, what next, what next? Um, but like, I guess there's an argument in there to say this stuff is still a differentiator, right? Okay. <laughs> like, if only 31% of clients are using data capture and that's something that, that you use with your clients, well, guess what? Like you're, you're, you're still ahead in, uh, in the adoption curve. So mm -hmm. that's maybe something to to shout about. 
hundred percent, one hundred percent. I, it's I'm I'm loving all the stats in. Keep giving them to us because I think it's um, I I think it really helps to paint the picture that we and and we are all looking through our own lenses and we you do assume that you assume that everyone's just like you and I say this all the time in the success uh, lounge that we have with our membership people come in and they see other people doing so well so they assume that they're doing badly and I'm like you've got no idea how many people are behind you that haven't even thought about half the things like so it's it's um it's just the kind of people we are so we're always moving forward we are entrepreneurs and like you say we're we're thinking what what's next rather than realizing that the other entrepreneurs out there haven't even haven't even started they're not even on step one I, I always say the downside to having a growth mindset is you're never really happy. <laughs> no, <laughs> so true. You're, it's never done. It's never. Yeah. You're never. You've never arrived at this destination. Um, it's just. A, it's a pit stop along the way. <laughs> Brilliant. So I am part of the Zero Partner Advisory Council, and there's been lots of conversations recently about payment services. Um, do you want to just talk us through what? A payment service is and how zero are implementing more of this yeah um and this is probably less about practice efficiency and more about client service and client efficiency um also well let me start with a couple of stories from my life right um so uh last year i went to the bristol harbour festival i live in bristol and uh there was a big area in the center which was like fenced off and you had to queue to get into it and it contained a load of food stalls and I was with my daughter and uh, we queued up went in and there was a big stall selling brownies uh, and she said brownies uh, and I said okay we'll get you a brownie uh, and then I got to the front of their queue and it said cash only um, and uh, I thought oh, you probably paid what 25 grand for this pitch or something like that um, and I had none with me, and I certainly wasn't going to go out and get any and queue again to to get. So, so, so I think that's one example of a kind of missed sales opportunity by uh, not using um, payments technology. So, so in that instance, they could they could have had a you know a, a payment machine um, like Zettle or or Square to, to to take those payments, and probably would have would have taken more business as a result. And that can flow through into zero. So you're not spending hours cashing up and, you know, counting grubby money that uh, people have been uh, passing from person to person. Um, another another example of this. So a few months ago, I one of my team was going on a training course um, and I was booking it for them. I had budget. I had sign off. And uh, they sent an invoice and I said, can I pay my card? Uh, and they said, no, uh, it has to be bank transfer. And I thought, oh. um, uh, so we have like this um, uh, kind of ancient purchase requisition. This is an embarrassing thing to admit for zero, but we have this like, ancient purchase requisition system. So I had to go and get something raised. I had to get it signed off by my boss, despite the fact I had signed off to do it. Um, uh they had to be set up as a supplier so they had to answer a bunch of questions they probably missed a payment run um and eventually uh it was all signed off and then they probably got paid like 30 days later or whatever um and i was ready to pay them on a card <laughs> there and then uh, and i just think that's like 
uh, one just one tiny example of like some of the cash flow uh, issues that could be alleviated by people attaching something like Stripe to their invoices mm-hmm. so that they make immediate payment by credit, debit card, Apple Pay, whatever, um, or something like Go Cardless if they're taking more regular direct debit payments. And and the adoption of, of these tools is still pretty low. Um, so 30% of clients. And I, I think like almost any vertical sector that I can think of would benefit from this. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and ourselves as businesses, have we, as a practice, got that in place for ourselves? You know, like go cardless, Stripe, it's, you know, or whatever the service, like how are your clients, how are you making it easy for people to pay you? Because it's exactly that, Ian, people want to pay us. And sometimes I think about in the past when I used to get, uh, I used to have big, I, I um, actually bought in Chaser at one point when I was charging by the hour, raising invoices once a month at the end of the month for service, for hours that I've already spent on the work. And then they people wouldn't pay me. And I'd be like, oh, I'd be so cross and angry, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't making it easy for them to pay me because I was, you know, sending them an invoice and then I might send them a statement. But, you know, it's and then they they've got to set you up and then they've got payment runs. And, oh, it's just like make it easy. So, like, I get people to sign direct debits. So I raise the invoice, the payment's taken. Like, it's simple. And that's the other reason why not uh, stopping charging an hourly rate so that it's not a, a different amount every month then um, it's going to be the same they've agreed to what you're going to you're going to be charging monthly so a direct debit works but then if you look at so firstly obviously I always think you know we've got to put ourselves first oxygen mask on first like look at your practice and how you're running your business you're you're offering business services to somebody are you running a good business so look at yours first and then like look at your clients just one at a time how are they bringing their money into the business? How are they quoting? Do they get a deposit? Do they do the service first and then get paid? Like we are not in comparison with the other bookkeeper accountant down the road. We've, we've got the other businesses that are in comparison, like Just Eat and Domino's. And like, do people do people let you have the food, try it, eat it, and then you get you pay afterwards? No. Um, I, I had this the other day with... Um, someone someone was going to stop um paying one of their monthly fees and they wanted a refund for the previous six months i'm like do you get netflix for six months and say well i didn't really use you so i didn't watch a film so can i have my money back like it's a different it's a different era that we're in so i think a review and audit of your clients and how they what an amazing valuable service that is to say do you know you could get paid quicker i can help you with that amazing yeah i think uh, like in in amongst that is also like just an amazing general piece of advice which is get to know your client base um i i, I like this expression a helicopter view right so so i think that if you take the example of rolling out software people are sometimes inclined to just deal with whatever client happens to be under their nose at, at any particular yeah. time and they might not be the best person to speak to initially but if you start to look down on your client base Perhaps put them in pots. Um, I heard someone yesterday talking about A's, B's, C's, and D's, and and, and that sort of thing. Then you can you can start to make much much more kind of strategic decisions about what you're doing with whom and who you want to do more with, and maybe who you don't want to do anything with. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why we love like the power of having like specific niches in your business. It doesn't always need to be industry, 
but it might be mindset, people that are willing to have this conversation, willing to be open to new ways of bringing money into their business and quicker. Um, Absolutely. So talking about like, you know, getting money in quicker means that if we can produce and service our clients quicker and turn work around quicker, um, it tends to mean that clients are happier, they're sticky, they stay with us, we get that rapport relationship building. And for us as practice owners, it really comes down to our systems and processes, the workflows that are going on in the business. Um, and zero, if we're using zero, is a big part of that. But there will be other things as well. There'll be other things that are going on that need to make a client happy. Um, you can use, there's, like you say, there's loads of things you can do in zero, and actually, it, it does so much more and usually you're paying for all of these services and some I know that some people go and will add on other things and then not realizing that they can do you know might be fit for purpose what's in zero might not be but you can pick and choose um how do we like how does zero help with connecting workflows across your whole practice yeah I did so I, I genuinely think we are on the verge of quite an exciting new era with this stuff because we had like the old world where, where if you're using software in any kind of practice, you, you probably need to invest a load of money in some desktop software beta built around a central database. And like the advantage of that is that it all talked to each other, but it you probably wouldn't describe it as best of breed. And it clearly wasn't uh, cloud-based, which is going to um, limit your ability to offer things like flexible working and that sort of thing. I think the era that we're coming out of is where you've got like best of breed tools that don't necessarily interact with each other amazingly. So I think there's been some great innovation in the UK around practice management and uh, proposals and uh, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think we're finally getting to a place where some of that stuff is really starting to be gelled together through the power of APIs. Um, so, so I, I think thinking about your practice like you are trying to create a pot of data and you need to get that through the door and processed and into the pot as quickly and efficiently as possible is, is probably a really good way to think about it. And, and then thinking about every kind of email to a client to chase them for data every piece of paper every time that you have got to transfer data from one system into another is like a point of friction um is is quite worthwhile at the moment because i think we're starting to get to a point where there are like you've got like ignition um and go proposal doing great things in the like proposal space you've got um tools like um i mean certainly for for slightly bigger firms like things like fyi docs doing like really exciting things not just around document management but around automation and and collecting client data um then you know if you if you do delve into you know year-end compliance um you've got uh, you've got zero tax, um, which is developing a, a really kind of neat rate. And, and, and you start to kind of get to a world where you can envisage like that flow of data through your firm without like without those points of friction. And I, I think that's I think that's quite exciting. 
Yeah, it is. I think I think that's the thing. It's again about every time uh, I had a business coach once that said this to me, that every time there's a problem, every time that you find yourself firefighting, don't go into it going, oh, God, this again. Go into it. How do I put this fire out once and for all and it never happens again? So be like really curious and looking for those friction points, looking for the times when things just aren't flowing. It's like, oh, someone's asking you again, did you do that? Did you do that? And you're like, yeah, I did that. Why do you not know that? All of those things just, and and this is why as business owners, there is so much to do that is not the actual work um, to help the flow of these things. Now, when it's just you on your own, all of this stuff flows in your head nicely. Um, but it means you can't have a holiday, can't go sick, can't enjoy Christmas, all of that stuff. Um, if you if you want to be if you want to have enough money to, you know, re, you know, if you've got maybe maybe you don't need the money. It's not about that. And that's fine for you. And you can get to create whatever business you want. But when you do have a team, um, we're knowing this now, actually, with a six figure bookkeeper, we've uh, we've been running our business on WhatsApp, basically. We've been running like we've just been having conversations and I'll do that because it's not a practice. It's not the same as it's not the same as like bookkeeping in and getting it processed. And out. it's different. And so we're like, oh, yeah, we just have this conversation. Just do this. Now we're like, oh, my goodness. Where did I miss that voice note? And where did I miss that? And rather than going, oh, this is this is really annoying and it's everyone else's fault. We just go, right. OK, how are we going to how are we going to make this smooth? How? Where's the information coming from? Where's the flow? My favorite thing in is like a bit old fashioned, really old fashioned, nice big bit of like wrapping paper, Christmas paper and a packet of post-it notes and like just writing down everything and slapping it all down and then going, right, what happens first? What's the bit? And that that helped. I have to do that in order to then use the software to like, I have to mind map it out. I, I, and I know it's old fashioned, but it works for me. <laughs> Well, you're, you're, but you're bang on. So, so we, we talk about this in, in sales and business development because you'll often have this situation where you're like, how do we get how do we get people using the CRM, right? And uh, when you're just using it as a repository of information, um, it's not actually that powerful for an individual. But if you can start to say, well, this is the process that we follow and uh, the software is mapped to that, then that's that's where people buy into this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely it's so powerful. So if somebody's maybe they're using zero for their client base, got a few clients, and they are thinking like where like you know, maybe they've got some data capture, maybe they're using HubDoc and things like that. How where would you go with for workflows in zero? Because this is so if we just go with like zero, you've got zero. Well, we used to call it zero green, zero blue, but you've got my zero, you've got zero HQ, you've got zero practice manager. Like, whoa, it's 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 big. It's a big beast, isn't it? Where where would someone who's if you'll get you're paying for zero every month, you get all you get all of these things. Um, where's the workflows happen in zero? So uh, I think, so I mean, the best advice I would give to someone in that situation is speak to your account manager. We have uh, in the background uh, an amazing team of partner consultants who are usually um, people with practice experience who uh, can 
start to do some of that work of mapping out what your what your workflows look like. Um, but yeah, in, in in product terms, I think the, the the way that I would map it out is you kind of need to probably fo you probably focus on kind of bookkeeping initially and uh, making sure that your kind of workflows are efficient from data capture to kind of you know submitting a VAT return or trial balance or whatever. Um, and then you can start to optimize that. I guess if you're if you're getting involved in the compliance, I'd probably start with accounts, accounts production, mm -hmm. um, corporation tax next, and then I would look at um, practice management. Uh, but sort of sprinkled amongst that is our ecosystem app. So so you know if if you're looking at bookkeeping, you shouldn't just look at zero. You sh you should look at you know HubDoc or or Dext at the yeah. at the same time. If you're looking at practice management, it's not just about looking at a practice management solution. It's you know what 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 are we doing to bring clients through the door? Um, uh, how are we uh, how are we tracking time? Uh, how we are managing those relationships with clients and marketing to them and and all, all of that kind of mm. stuff. It's that yeah. So you start to build this. Um, once you understand the workflows, then you can kind of build your app stack around the workflows. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, I just want to um, talk about the fact you you mentioned to me before we come on about the difference between digitalization and transformation. Just take me through that. Yeah, this is a bit of a bandwagon I'm on at the moment, so uh, I'll apologise for that up, up front. But, um, so I guess, so digitization is the idea of taking existing processes and making them digital, right? Um, and I think that you could argue that that is a legitimate step on the way to digital transformation. Um, so let's take the example of somebody that, shows up to you know their bookkeeper once a quarter hands them a bunch of manual records and uh the the, the bookkeeper says okay well rather than processing this on a spreadsheet i'm going to start to use zero i'm i'm going to you know input the information i'm maybe i'll use hubdoc to scan it all or or whatever um and that is like that's fine but i guess the thing that I would stress to both my colleagues at Zero um, and to bookkeepers who are listening to this is that's not what we're in this for. What we're in this for is to transform the relationship with the small business, um, and like we we exist to um, to help small businesses to thrive. And I genuinely believe that you will only do that if you start to get them interested in their numbers. I think you will only get them interested in their numbers if they are having some sort of interaction with the product. So even if that's just just raising invoices, like they are, and, and they've got access to their dashboard so that they can see what their financial position is. I, I, I think that's the, that's the bit that turns this whole kind of um, change in the profession from okay well we're just going to do things a bit more efficiently and maybe we'll be able to take on some more clients or or make more money to wow we're having like a profound impact on a sector that is really important to the economy uh 
so true so true um it's yeah i i completely get that and it something really small you just said there that could really be a big impact is could you have a chat with each of your clients about what they want on their dashboard like it's customizable like just have that chat like when you open up zero what do you want to see first what's most important to you that's like the first step to advisory isn't it it's like what what are the numbers that are important to you what is it that matters most when you're when you go in there or if they if they ever even go in there but if they do like and that's the thing hold their hand to make sure that they when they open it up they're seeing what they need to see to be able to make their business decision that they need to make at that time and um yeah we talk about this as well like moving away from transactional to transformational no one cares how many transactions you've had to reconcile no that that's not giving anyone any support or help in their business um what they want to know is you know what's it mean what does it mean what does it mean for this christmas what does it mean like how how much money can i take out of the business can i can i take on that new, next member of staff or um have i have i got to work all the way through the christmas period or you know those those are the kind of conversations we, we need to be having not yeah um, and i i I'd urge like bookkeepers especially to be more confident in like the the kind of knowledge and skills that they possess and the influence that they can wield over small businesses and in a like super positive way because like me, most people running a small business don't know what they don't know right they they don't know like what targets they should be setting themselves or what they should be reporting on um so yeah like have have the confidence to you know go and have those conversations with clients and it'll be good for them and it'll be good for you as well absolutely absolutely ian thank you so much for your time today i thoroughly enjoyed getting to know the person behind the uh, the, the business behind the software um i think it's i think it's really important and i love our conversation has gone back to you know uh, when i'm in zero partner advisory council meetings we're talking about like we're definitely looking forward all the new things that are coming up and we have to keep remembering that there are new bookkeepers, new accountants that are training all the time. There are new business owners all the time. There are business owners that have been running for years that have never looked at um, software and how it can uh, impact their daily life. Um, and we have this uh, fingertip. So thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, is there anything, um, how do people connect with you if they want to uh, you know, learn more from you? Uh, so uh, grab me on LinkedIn, I think is your is your best bet. So it's Ian Phillips, Phillips with a, a double L. Um, you should be able to find me pretty easily. Excellent. Thank you, Ian. Um, thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week on the Bookkeepers Podcast. Thanks, Joan. Thanks for joining us for the Bookkeepers Podcast. Why not join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website, sixfigurebookkeeper.com.